So this morning, we're going to talk about sheep. Uh, before we get there, Morgan, that was the best welcome announcements that I have heard in a long time. And if you only knew how many people in this room would never have even come up here when they were in middle school, um, that is awesome. And at least you weren't a full-grown man that got confused between angels prostrate and prostate. So <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Um, so you killed it. You're awesome. I appreciate you. So this morning we're talking about a passage that was the theme for our students um, in Beach Retreat 2017. So some of them are pretty familiar um, with this passage. Um, and it's a, a beautiful image, a little backstory here. Verses 4 and 5, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. And if you know anything about Jesus and the Pharisees, they very rarely saw eye to eye. The Pharisees would come to Jesus with all kinds of tricky questions, and they usually left with their tails tucked between their legs because Jesus would hand it right back to them. And so in verses 4 and 5, it literally says in verse 6 that he used this figure of speech, talking about sheep and shepherds and strangers. He used this figure of speech when he was talking to the Pharisees, and it says that they left and they didn't understand. And then in verses 27 through 30, Jesus is talking to a group of Jews at one of the festivals, and they say, hey, Jesus, are you really the Messiah? Are you really him? If you are... Would you just tell us, like, straight up? None of these riddles, none of these games, just tell us. And Jesus responds by saying, I've already told you. And if you were paying attention, all the miracles and signs and wonders that I've done have pointed to the fact that I am who I say I am. And then he goes on to say, my sheep hear my voice. I know them, they follow me. I give them eternal life. They will never perish. What he's saying there, I give them eternal life. That's something only God can do. He's making a claim about who he is in response to their questions. But again, he uses the example of sheep and shepherds. John chapter 10 is literally the shepherd and sheep chapter of John. That's where he says, I am the good shepherd. I lay down my life to take it up again. He says, my sheep know my voice, and he talks again about his sheep and how he keeps them. And so, I want us to focus in this morning on the sheep, the shepherds, but what command does he give to those that he calls his sheep? I've got a video for us this morning um, that portrays beautifully uh, verses 4 and 5.
How cool is that video? I love it. They have three people go out there and they do their best and they're pretty embarrassed because they're trying to do this Norwegian sheep call. And they're like, okay, those, they didn't even lift their heads. They're not even like, who are you? They're like, nah, whatever. Not even going to pay attention to it. As soon as he gets there, you start seeing heads pop up. Wait, I know that voice. I know that voice. I know who's calling me. And so this morning, we're going to look at these passages and we're going to ask ourselves, do we know the voice? Do we know his voice? So sheep, all right, it's pretty clear who he's referring to when Jesus says, my sheep know my voice, right? It's pretty clear. Those are his people. You belong to my flock. You are one of my sheep. But why a sheep? Jesus, why are you using a sheep? Because here's the deal. Sheep weren't very nice things to be compared to. Okay, Jesus is awesome because he was hipster before hipster was a thing. Okay, Jesus was counterculture. He's like the guy that owned the Android in the middle of all the iPhones, right? You know what I'm saying, Alan? Right? <laughs> he, was, he was the guy that wasn't afraid to be different. And we're like, yeah, Jesus. But here's the deal. That's a scary thing in, in America. We want, especially here in the Bible Belt, we like to be comfortable. We like for other people to say, God bless you. And we're like, yeah, you know what? We go to church together. But Jesus was not afraid to be different. And he said this you got to be my sheep. Now, in today's culture, if somebody calls you a sheep, that's not necessarily a good thing. You know, if we were to play Family Feud and I was to put the top ten answers on the board of, when I say sheep, what do you think? Some of the answers would probably be dumb, meek, gentle, quiet. They have a herd mentality. They're followers. They're smelly. They're defenseless. A lot of times they're afraid of stuff. There's not a whole lot of things that you associate with sheep and you're like, that's the animal that I would be if I could be any animal. Sheep, that's it. Nailed it. That's me. I am a sheep. All right? So that's not us. Even in our, even in our culture, we use sheep as like an insult. Don't be such a sheep. You're just a blind follower. Or you're sheepish, which means you've been embarrassed or you're nervous about something. The movie American Sniper has a quote, and I'm sure many of the guys out here are like, yeah. That's a good movie. Some people prefer to believe that evil does not exist in the world. And if it ever darkened their doorstep, they wouldn't know how to protect themselves. He says, those are the sheep. And he goes on to say why he entered the military, and it's awesome, and it's noble, and it's a good thing. But the whole point is, even in that quote, the sheep are the ones that have the negative connotation. Jesus knew that. Jesus knew that, and here he is. If you want to follow me, got to be a sheep. Got to be a sheep. He knows full well what that means in that culture, too. It's like, Jesus, why couldn't you have used, like, hey, you got to be one of my soldiers, and I'll be the general, you know? Like, why'd you have to go with sheep? He knows the expectations for his sheep, too. It's not just, hey, you got to be a sheep, you got to be a blind follower. What does he say? you got to have discernment to be one of Jesus' sheep you got to be able to tell who's talking to you. Is it the voice of the Lord or is it the voice of the world or someone else? You need to be able to know what you're being called to do. So if we're to follow and we're to recognize his voice, that would make Jesus what? The shepherd. That makes Jesus the shepherd. And here's the thing. Let's look at the shepherd. Shepherds were tasked with defending these dumb, defenseless animals, right? Like, yeah, that's an easy job, right? They, if you feed them like that guy, he starts calling out, they come running to you. They expect something. They show up. But here's the deal. They slept on the ground. 
This is first century Israel, right? This is not um, today's like nice, I'm going to go to the ranch house and crash and then I'll come back out and check on my sheep. No, you slept on the ground. Animals use the bathroom on the ground. I'll let you make that connection. Sometimes they had to touch dead animals. And if you know the Jewish law, that made them unclean. Lots of shepherds were considered unclean by their entire society. Culturally, if uh, Mike Rowe had to pick a job to go visit for dirty jobs in first century Israel, he would have been hanging out with shepherds. Guess what? David was a shepherd before he was king. When he is about to be anointed, if you remember, they show up to his house, his dad's house, and they're like, Jesse, let us see all your sons. And he brings them out, oldest first, because oldest is the most important. And he goes through all the sons, and they're like, you don't have any more? That's it? He's like, we got the youngest. But the youngest, he does the stuff that no one else wants to do because he's the youngest. He's doing the stuff that no one else wants to do because it's gross, it's hideous, no one wants to do it. He's out there with the sheep. He's out there being a shepherd. It can't be him. He can't be a king because you can't have a king and a shepherd. That just doesn't work according to society in that culture. But as you know, he was anointed king. And you also know from the story of David that shepherds had to put their lives on the line to defend that flock. When he fights Goliath, he talks about, I've beaten bears, I've beaten wolves, I've beaten lions, all to defend my sheep. I can fight this Philistine. So you have the lowest paying job, the dirtiest job, the nastiest job. Not only that, but you've got to put your life on the line to do this job. So when Jesus says, I'm a shepherd, he's not saying I'm some awesome leader. He's saying, I'm willing to do all of this for my flock. I'm willing to go down into the gross nastiness of, of our human mess. I'm willing to put my life on the line. I'm willing to risk it. In verse 4, he says, I go ahead of them. He goes ahead to make a way to protect us, to go before us. So he's a dirty shepherd that he was comparing himself to by calling us sheep. So we read that, we're like, oh gosh, we're sheep? He's like, yeah, but I'm right there with you. I'm the shepherd. That's the Savior that we serve. Jesus is the good shepherd, as he says throughout this chapter. And in verse 30, he tells us who he is. I and the Father are one. I'm not just a shepherd human here to lead you through this, but I am God in the flesh, willing to come down, lay down my life. He's a shepherd who protects, he sustains, he leads us. He's worthy to be followed. When your shepherd has defeated sin and death and given you the same power over sin and death, you should be excited to be a sheep. Jesus takes that negative connotation and flips it on its head and says, yes, I'm the good shepherd. That means we're probably going to be good sheep if we listen and we follow. So he tells us he's the shepherd and we're the sheep, but then he gives us a command. My sheep follow me because they know my voice. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Twice in this chapter, he says, my sheep know my voice. So do we know the voice of the Lord? In this video, it's pretty clear to see that those sheep knew the difference between those strangers and between their shepherd. They ignored them. They didn't even care. And they, they waited. When they heard that voice, they said, wait a second. 
I know that voice. That's the one I'm going to go to. So this morning, if Jesus was calling you to do something today, would you even recognize that he was calling? So we've got a lot of voices in today's society yelling at us. You know, we're about to go see the Super Bowl, and everybody's all excited about the Super Bowl commercials, right? We think they're funny, they're hilarious, but every one of them's trying to tell us something. Every one of them's a voice. Got to buy this. Got to look like that. Need to dress this way. Can't say these things. It's not easy. Even Elijah, a prophet who knew the Lord, went up on the mount, and he's looking for the Lord. The Lord said, go do this. He heard the Lord said, all right, I'm going to go do this. He stands on the mountain and he's looking for God to do these huge miraculous things. He looks in an earthquake, it's not there. In the wind, God's not there. In the fire, God's not there. And all these things are symbols of Old Testament power, of Mount Sinai, of the leading out of the Israelites out of Egypt. He's like, okay, God, I'm expecting, I'm expecting. And then it comes in a still, small voice, in a whisper. And he only heard it because he knew it. He knew the voice of the Lord. If I walk down the nursery hall here in just a minute and all the kids down there were crying, you could put a blindfold on me and I could probably tell you that one's mine. Every parent in this room knows exactly what I'm talking about. I know my kids' cries and I don't know their voice because I've had some deep, meaningful conversation with my two-month-old. No, because I spend time with them. Because we're around each other. Because I've devoted time and I'm like, oh gosh, I wish it would just stop. But I'm there with you. If we want to know the voice of the Lord, we've got to spend time with the Lord. Verse 27 says that he knows us. I know my sheep. And they've got to know my voice. We have to spend time with him. And if you don't know where to start, pick up your Bible. This, the word of God will reveal the heart of God. And when you know the heart of God, you'll be able to discern the voice of God. When we see Jesus as our protector, our sustainer, our leader, and our savior, God in the flesh, we'll want to spend time with him. So he says, know my voice. And when we know his voice, the next thing he says, they follow me. They follow me. You know, when we're younger, we like to believe the best in everybody. And we just follow anybody, right? Until something bad happens. When I was 12 years old, I got my first BB gun. Okay, wasn't a Red Rider, I know, close. But got my first BB gun, and I thought I was awesome stuff. So I went dove hunting. And it's not like dove hunting that you think of. It was like, hey, they land on our barn occasionally, and I'm going to like walk out there. And I shot at this dove like seven times, missed it every time, and it's just sitting up there, doesn't move because it's BBs. So you can't even hear the gun shoot, right? I finally get close enough, I shoot the thing. And I'm like, yes, I'm a mighty hunter. I walk up, it's not quite dead, I know, terrible. And I'm like, I just fall apart. I'm like, oh, I've done this to this poor defenseless creature, right? I was, I, was a, I was a gentle spirit. I eventually killed it and I buried it in the backyard because I was so sad about that whole thing. But here's the deal. My older brother loved to go hunting, loved to do all these things. My older brother, um, anytime he invited me to do anything, um, it was usually not to my benefit. Okay. <laughs> He was three years older than me, and anytime he was like, hey, Corey, you want to come do this with me and my friends? I'm always like, I get to hang out with the old kids, yeah. But I always knew this is going to end with me, like, crying or me, like, embarrassed or something like that. You know, like when, hey, Corey, come play paintball with us, I ended up tied to the tree in the front yard, and they threw apples at me. You know, all those things. My brother invites me one morning 
me and Kenny are going to go hunting. And I'm like, sweet, I'll go hunt some doves with you guys, which probably weren't going to shoot anything. We're like, all right, here's the deal. We're going to climb this tree in the front yard, and you stay down on the ground in case we shoot any birds. They fall out, you can pick them up. Cool, I'll do it. They get in their camo, they climb a tree, you can't see them. It's right by the road. They sometimes get on this power line right by the road. This truck starts driving down the road. Kenny, pink, shoots the truck. Okay, it's a BB gun. Don't, everybody's like, oh my goodness. It was like, tink. It wasn't like, okay. He shoots the truck. Truck slams on its brake, looks over. Remember, in camo, in a tree, can't see them. Here I am, 12 years old, my BB gun in the driveway. <laughs> I didn't even realize what had happened at that point. Guy rolls down his window, hey, kid. I'm like, I just take off. I run inside. I didn't know what had happened at first. I knew that the voice of my brother usually led to those kinds of things. But I did it anyway. I followed. We're listening. Every one of us is listening to something and following something. It's a sports team, a celebrity, a family member, a TV show, all our friends on social media, and all these voices are telling us to go in 20 different directions. But we're called to know the shepherd's voice. Once you know the shepherd's voice in verse 5, once you know his voice, you have a responsibility to follow him. As a sheep in Christ's flock, we're called to follow Christ's voice alone. Verse 28 and 29 tell us, when we follow him, when we're in his flock, he says, I give them eternal life. I protect them, I keep them in my hand, and nobody can take them out of my hand. Keep in mind, he doesn't say that he won't let you walk out of his hand willingly on your own accord. But that's a whole different sermon for a different day. But where are you today? Do you know the Lord's voice? If you do, are you following it? Are you following someone else? The beauty of Christ is that there is forgiveness and there is grace. He says, come follow me. Come be part of my flock. Are we willing to be sheep of the Good Shepherd? And we're reminded of the Good Shepherd this morning as we share in Holy Communion. Because he did indeed say he laid down his life for us to take it up again. So Christ, our Lord, our Great Shepherd, invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin, and who seek to live in peace with one another. And on the night that Jesus gave himself up for us, he took bread, he gave it to the disciples, he gave thanks, and he broke it, and he said, take and eat, this is my body, broken for you, do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, he gave thanks, he gave it to his disciples, and he said, this is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many, drink from this, all of you. And do this in remembrance of me. Let's pray together this morning. God, pour out your Holy Spirit on all of us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, 
All honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen.